This morning we turn to Joshua chapter 6, verses 6 through 19, as we continue a consideration of the story of the fall of the walls of Jericho today. Joshua chapter 6. And today, uh, as I said, we'll read verses 6 through 19 and consider that together. Let's hear God's holy word. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, Advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets and the rear guard following the ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the army, Do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling at once. Then the army returned to camp, spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord, while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout! For the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her houses shall be spared because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord And must go into his treasury. This is God's holy word. Let's pray. O Lord, our great and awesome God in heaven, indeed you are the one who is mighty and powerful over the highest walls that man would build, and you are able to bring them down. And O Lord, we pray that we would see you more clearly in this way, that we might trust you when we encounter the walls in our lives, and that we might be more inclined to obey you, that we might be more inclined to wait on your timing knowing that the problems that we face are not difficult to you. There's nothing too difficult for you, for you have made the heavens and the earth and all things in them. So, Lord, give us a greater sight of you. Strengthen our faith. Build up our faith. By the power of your Spirit, we pray, and through the teaching of your Word, in Jesus' name, amen. This is a story about faith. And what we are to learn from it is summarized in Hebrews chapter 11, which tells us that by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. And what it teaches us about faith is really what I would call three challenges to our faith that all of us experience in every time of our life and that are opportunities to grow in our faith, and to become what God has called us to be. Because really, there is nothing more important for us than to become people of faith, as I'll explain here in a little bit. 
Now, the first challenge that we face to faith is when we see things that are difficult for us. When we run into a problem. When we run into a problem, then we can just see the problem. We can cause us to get frustrated, cause us anxiety, cause us to despair, cause us to get depressed, cause us to blame other people, cause us to, to go crazy. And that happened to the Israelites a lot. And they enter into a place where they have a challenge to their faith, which is the walls of Jericho. The first place they enter, it's a fortified city. They didn't know how it would come down. And so what were they going to do? Well, and why was it there? One thing is that we see that God was completely able to knock the walls down. At any time, God could have taken those walls out. He could have done it as soon as they set foot on the other side of the Jordan River. He could have just knocked those walls down. That was absolutely not a problem for him. And you know, it's amazing how sometimes we forget that. That the problems we face in our lives are not too difficult for God. It's not that the problems that we have are are so hard for God that he doesn't know what to do in the face of them. It is not that he couldn't change the world or confront the world and bring, bring about whatever he wanted. The, the situations we face in our, in our nation, in our churches, in our families, in our personal lives, in our work, in our studies, in our marriages, are not things that are too difficult for the Lord. He can knock the walls down. So why doesn't he do it? Because he knows that what's more important than just knocking the walls down is for us to learn to see God better as the one who can knock the walls down. And if he just eliminated every problem, we would never have an opportunity to see that. He puts the problems in our way so that we can see him as able to overcome them. He gives it to us as an opportunity to exercise our faith. When we don't see how things are going to work out, that we can put our trust in him. And learning to do that is more important than God solving any other problem in our lives. That was what he was doing with the Israelites. He could have just given them the land right away, but he wanted them to learn the lesson of faith, which is more important for them than any other problem he could solve. But you know, there was another problem. There was another thing. He had another purpose. And sometimes we forget that. Is that God may be doing something that we didn't even see. And you know what? One reason he didn't knock the walls down right away is because he had someone there that he wanted to save. And her name was Rahab. Before the Israelites ever entered into that land, she had already seen what God had done. She had heard what God had promised. And she believed that the Lord was who he said he was and was going to do what he said he was going to do. And God wanted to save her. And so he sent the spies there, and she met the spies. She hid them by faith. And because of that, she and her household were saved. And so let's remember that when things don't go the way we would like, that God has other purposes and other people that he's working with. We need to learn to reinterpret our problems as an opportunity to exercise faith. But the second challenge of faith does not come from the problem. It comes from God himself. Remember that the context of of what we've read here is Joshua's encounter 
with the commander of the army of the Lord, who I believe is Jesus himself, appearing before he came in the flesh as a human being. He was still present in the Old Testament, and he appeared as what's called the angel of the Lord. And Joshua saw him standing there with his sword there standing out, and Joshua said, whose side are you on? And he said, no one's side. I'm the commander of the Lord's armies. And it's for me to ask who's on (laughs) my side. And Joshua immediately recognized what had happened. And you know what he said? What are your orders? What are your orders? And that's the way we often get sometimes when we're dealing with difficult situations or difficult people. We want to say, Lord, whose side are you on? And, that's, and God will help us with the people we're struggling with. Read, read the book of Psalms. But he also says there's a bigger thing. I'm doing something bigger than what you're dealing with. And the important thing for us to ask is, what are your orders? But when God gives us our orders, sometimes that's a challenge to our faith. Sometimes he asks us to do things that are harder than we would expect. Now, in this way, the command that he gave here really wasn't that hard. To walk around the city 13 times was not a huge challenge, but that challenge sometimes makes a challenge. Sometimes when things are simple and don't seem to even work, then that can be a scandal to us, and we don't want to do them. God has said, ask and you will receive. But how often in the face of our problems do we just say, we don't ask, we just worry about it, right? How often do we fail to keep knocking when we see the things that we need, the doors that need to be open? How, how often do we stop seeking when God has said, you will find? It's simple in some ways, but it's something we easily forget. God often will give us a command that's a little bit difficult, a challenge to our flesh, a challenge to who we are. And one of those challenges was simply not to do any military strategy, but simply to walk around the city. And if you don't think that would have been hard on them, then just read the rest of the story that happened before. God said, I'll give you bread from heaven. And everybody needs to go pick that up, and you're only going to have enough for one day. They saved it till the next day, and it went rotten. I said, but day before the Sabbath day, pick up double. A lot of people didn't pick up double. And so they didn't have any food the next day. Simple commands, simple things the Lord is asking us to do that we can easily forget. That's where we have to exercise faith. When something seems too hard or in some ways too easy, that we have to believe that what the Lord is telling us is the thing that we need to do. That is what God is calling us to do. And you see, God was already, God does that over and over again. He was actually already setting up the next test or challenge to their faith. He said, this This city, all of it, everything in it is going to be given directly to me. Don't take any of it. Not one coin of gold. It all goes into the treasury of the Lord. And so why why, why was God so strict with that? Well, it's kind of the principle of the first fruits. What God says is that that which is first belongs to me. The best of your day. The best of your energy. The best of your emotions. The first of your money. The, the best of your time. That's what I get. And then I'll provide everything else for you as well. Some of my friends have churches where they celebrate the first fruits at the beginning of the year. And they do a special offering as a way of saying everything that comes 
in this year is from you, and we rely on you for it. And so we're going to give you a special offering just to acknowledge that it is all from the Lord. That's what God was calling Jericho to be. And you can see they kind of failed in that. Read chapter 7 and 8, and you'll find out what happened. But that leads to the third challenge of faith. The third challenge of the faith came probably on the second day. Because the first day, they did what the Lord told them to do. They got up, they set up the camp in order, they got the army in order, and they went around the city. And then they went back to the camp. The challenge was then, can we keep doing what God is telling us to do when it doesn't seem to do anything? When it doesn't seem to do anything. And if you don't think that's hard, I don't think you've understood human nature. Just think of how many times you've thought of something good that you should do. And you've gone to the gym for two days. You bought the year membership. You went two days. The third day, it's too hard, and you didn't use it the rest of the year. That's what we're talking about right here. This is the challenge. It didn't, I didn't immediately become super muscle man. So, ah, eh, forget it. This is, it. The walls didn't fall down. Forget it. So the, challenge of, the third challenge of faith is, when we've done the right thing that God has called us to do, can we keep doing it even when it doesn't seem to have an effect? That is the challenge that is taught to us in this place. Can we keep doing the right thing? Can we get up day after day and just do what the Lord tells us to do even when we don't see a big change taking place? And you see, that's how God has, has challenged his saints throughout the ages. Remember, he told Noah that he was to build an ark to save him and his family. And that there was going to be rain on the earth and there hadn't been no rain. And he had to wait 120 years before the rains came. Do you think maybe at year 65, he might have started to wonder, is this even real? He had to have a strong faith to believe that. Or what about Abraham? God told him that he would give him descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. But he had no children. How are you going to give me descendants, Lord? And he had to wait year in, year out. No child, no child, no child. Next year, no child. And if you read the book of Genesis, you'll see then he came up with his own ideas, which were not good. in order to try and solve the problem. And it caused a lot of problems. He had to wait 25 years before the Lord gave him that. And you can see this in the life of Joseph. God had told Joseph that he was going to exalt him, even above his brothers, through a dream. But then he was sold by his brothers into slavery. And then he went into a house of slavery. And then he got betrayed by the owner's wife. And he got put in prison. Years go by. Is this really going to happen? Can I keep trusting the Lord? Can I keep doing what he says? If I get put into prison, can I serve him here? Those were the questions Joseph had to ask. And that's what has happened ever since. Some stories from history. One of the great theologians of, of all time in the, in the history of the Christian church, recognized by believer and unbeliever alike, 
for the quality of his writings and the profundity of his thought is St. Augustine, who wrote in the 4th century A.D. And, but he didn't grow up a believer. But there was one person who wanted him to be a believer, and that was his mother, Monica. And she prayed year in, year out, year in, year out, and nothing happened. Or think about William Wilberforce. He was a, a Christian believer and member of parliament in England. And he was successful in abolishing the slave trade in, in the early 19th century. But that wasn't enough. He thought slavery needed to be abolished. And he worked year after year after year to get slavery abolished. And nothing seemed to happen. Can you keep doing what God has called you to do even when nothing seems to happen? Let me give you some specifics. You may say, I've forgiven. But then people don't want to reconcile. And the relationship seems uncertain. Can you trust the Lord with relationships when you're not sure how they'll work out? You give your first fruits to the Lord. But then finances give tight, get tight. Can you still keep using your money to serve the Lord? You know you've got a relationship that is not pleasing to God. And you may break it off. But will you go back to it? You're teaching your children. But it's hard to see the progress. Can you keep going? You're reaching out to your family. And you want to see them be different. But things don't seem to change. Can you keep loving Week in, week out. You know you, you need to keep praying. But it doesn't seem to be working. Can you devote that time to prayer that God has called you to take? You start to read the word. But what about when life gets busy? Can you keep listening to the Lord? You have some cause that God has put on your heart. And you get involved and you experience obstacles and it gets tough. Can you keep going? even when it gets tough? You know you need the people of God and their fellowship. But can you keep getting up on Sunday morning, week after week, even when you're tired? That's the challenge of faith. That's the third challenge of faith. And that's what it calls us, what we are called to do, is to rethink the times we have to wait as not so much frustrations so much difficulties, but as opportunities to keep doing what the Lord is calling us to do and to grow in faith. Because you see, I said, in regards to the walls of Jericho, in one sense, nothing was happening when they walked around them. But something was happening. Something was happening. Something was happening inside of them. They were growing in their faith. They were learning to exercise that faith. And as they did that day in, day out, those seven times when they went around, they were being strengthened and becoming the person that God had called them to be. And that was more important than bringing down the walls of Jericho. And so you see that when, when you have to wait, and I'm sure there's a lot of you here that feel like you're in times of waiting. And you may get tired of waiting. But if you can see it as God's opportunity to develop faith in you, you can reinterpret it and begin to think of things differently. 
And you see, because again, God is able to solve your problems. God could solve today what he might not solve for 10 years. But why does he do it? Because he knows that what's more important is that you become a person of faith. Because when you are a person of faith, when your faith is strong, you can see God no matter what comes at you. God won't change all your circumstances. What he'll do is enable you to see the God who's above all your circumstances and promises to do you good in spite of your circumstances and even to take your circumstances and use them for his glory. It is faith that will give you the peace that enables you to rest even when you're uncertain about the outcomes. It is faith that will give you the strength to love even when it's difficult. It, will, it is faith that will give you the margin to be able to see other people when the problems and the opponents seem so loud. It is, the, it is faith that will enable you to have the strength to keep serving the Lord even when it is difficult. That is more important than anything you're going to face this year, that you become a people of faith. And it takes time. Sometimes God gives us a big jump in faith where all of a sudden we find ourselves able to believe. But the normal process is God puts us through trials. He gives us these challenges of the problems, of his commands, and of waiting so that we'll, over time, exercise faith and become more like Jesus, who is the preeminent man of faith. But you know, in order to become that people of faith, God gives us encouragement. And I want to show you two encouragements that God gives. Pay attention to how this happened, how they went around the walls of Jericho. Remember, God didn't just say, go for a walk and that's it. He said, take the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Take the symbol and the seal and the confirmation of my presence and bring it before you with the priests and then you will walk around the the walls of Jericho. In a way, he was setting it up almost like a worship service where the, the, he would be at the center, his presence would be there, and the people would see that, and the priests would be there, and it would be almost like they're worshiping as they're going around. And they weren't to make any sound, but there was going to be a sound. The sound was of the continuous blowing of trumpets. Now, it's interesting Do you know where the trumpet is first mentioned in the Bible? It is at Mount Sinai, where God's presence came down to meet with the Israelites and give them the Ten Commandments. And it says that there was a trumpet that sounded, and it got louder and louder and louder. And so the trumpet becomes almost the symbol of God's presence with them. And so as it continually blowed, they couldn't have helped but remember that that trumpet had sounded so long ago. Many years ago at the Mount Sinai. And so whenever they were called to worship, it was like the, the trumpet was sounding. And so they were called to come and worship the Lord. And whenever they were called to march, the trumpets would sound. And they would be reminded of the presence of the Lord. They would be reminded of their call to worship the Lord. And then they're reminded of their call to follow the Lord as they walked around the city. That's what the trumpets meant. And what I would say to you, if you are having trouble today, waiting, then listen to the sound of the trumpet. 
Hear of the presence of the Lord. Get back to Him and His worship. Devote yourself to the public worship of God. That's where it begins. If you're not able to give an hour of the week to the Lord in the public worship, everything's going to be off kilter. But don't let that be the end. Go into the presence of God daily, day and night, meditating on the Word of God. Have a plan for how you're going to seek after the Lord and follow it so that you're continually coming back, not as a rote exercise, but as a way of seeing the presence of God as you're waiting for Him to act and do what you're wanting Him to do. That is the call of the march around the walls of Jericho. But the second encouragement is that they didn't, God didn't just say, now just walk around the walls of Jericho, and then that's the end. Because he could have just said, just keep walking, walking. They could have been walking to this day, and the wall's there, and they're still walking. And God would perfectly have been in his rights to do that, because he's the Lord. He command us what he wants. But he didn't do that. The walls of Jericho did fall. And that's what we need to remember, is that as we devote ourselves in faith to following the Lord day in, day out, week in, week out, year in, year out, we will see the walls fall. We will see progress. We will see God work. And we need to remember that. We will see, like Noah, that the rains came, and he was shown to be right, and he was saved through the ark. We will see, with eight, like Abraham did, that God will give a son, even when the womb was barren. We will see, like Joseph did, that he may have had to face humility for a time, but he was going to be exalted to the throne of Pharaoh. And you can see this in the life of Monica as well. Monica, the mother of St. Augustine, prayed day in, day out, week in, week out, year in, year out. And she wanted to be with her son. One day it came that, um, that he just told his mother that he was going to Rome from northern Africa to see to friend off. But then he got on the boat and he fled from his mom. Monica and went to Rome. Or she thought he went to Rome. Monica followed him. She went to Rome. He wasn't there. He had actually gone north to Milan, Italy. And she followed him there. There she met Ambrose, one of the great teachers of the time. And he became her spiritual director. And, and he actually helped her confront some things in her life that she had to change. And she kept praying. And he kept encouraging her. And 14 years of prayer led to St. Augustine's conversion. In 387 A.D., he was baptized. And that same year, Monica died. William Wilberforce. He was successful in abolishing slavery, then, or abolishing the slave trade, then wanted to abolish slavery. He labored for 25 years. 25 years. Seeking continually to abolish slavery in England. Three days before he died, he was told by, that the House of Commons had voted to end slavery in England. The walls can fall down. The walls will fall. But we often have to keep walking for a time. That's the message that the Lord gives us to encourage us in our walk of faith to keep going because by faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days.
Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you, O Lord, that you've come to us again to challenge us to be and become the people that you've called us to be. We humble ourselves before you and recognize that we've often turned to frustration and despair rather than faith in the face of having to continue to do what you've called us to do. So, Lord, but we pray that by your Spirit you would strengthen us. Help us to see you much more greatly than we have before and to enable to reinterpret our problems, your commands that are hard on us and the times we have to wait as your opportunities to exercise faith. Oh, Lord, this is what we need and more than anything. So, Lord, help us to rest when you don't resolve our problems and see that you're still working and making us what you've called us to be, to conform us to the glory of the image of God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.